You're listening to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show, a podcast that discusses the intricacies of real estate investing with your host, Marcus E. Maloney. Marcus is a real estate investor best known for being the equity king. He's been awarded that moniker because he and his team find amazing real estate deals. He will be talking with investors who have done some transformational things in the real estate industry. They'll discuss their process, their strategies, and how their investments transform their lives and the communities they invest in. We welcome you to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. You just focus on yourself. Don't worry about people next to you. Don't worry about that other guy in your group that's killing it and he's younger than you or she's she's younger than you or whatever. Like it doesn't matter. You just have to focus on yourself. And if you focus on other people's pockets, uh, A, you'll never grow your pocket. And, and B, you will always be disappointed because there's always somebody better, younger, stronger, better looking, whatever than you are. Like that's just the reality of the world. The We Love Equity Show is brought to you by Azria, widely recognized as an outstanding resource for real estate investors with exceptional education, networking, and support, along with profit enhancing benefits and all aspects of real estate investing. Visit Azria at www.azria.org. That's visit Azria at www.azria.org. Hello, we love Equity Family. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. No matter where you are, it is a great time to talk real estate and a great time to do real estate. On today, I'm excited because we have Brian Passiano out of South LA here today. He is a real estate investor. He is a mind coach, man. He's doing some awesome things. He's a millionaire. He's been on talk shows. He's been on other podcasts. He's been on all kind of shows. He is a renowned speaker and individual and investor, and we're excited about having him on the show today. So Brian, Brian, man, welcome to the show. How are you? Fabulous today. I am fabulous. Okay, great, 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 man. So give us a little background about you, Brian. I know your story, man, but kind of introduce us to to BP and so our listeners can can get in touch with you. Sure. So for you guys that don't know me, my name is Brian Ponciano. People call me BP. You can follow me on Instagram at Cashflow Creator because that's what I do for my investors. But I came from an immigrant family. Uh, I was actually talking to Marcus before we started the show about his Panamanian flag because my family's from Guatemala. Both of my parents were born and raised in Guatemala. So I'm first generation born here in the United States, but English was not my first language. We did grow up in the South side of Los Angeles. I grew up in a town called Southgate, which a lot of people have heard of Compton. We were literally across the train tracks from Compton and Southgate was a Mexican version of Compton. So the gangs, the drugs, the violence, I mean, I remember, I literally remember gang fights in my elementary. Uh, there was a little park next to our elementary school where people would go fight all the time. And that was just part of the culture. That was just part of where we were at. Needless to say that I grew up with a very poor mentality. I grew up with a very poor mindset. And a lot of the stuff that we were taught came from people that had never been in money. So I always wanted to get into real estate. I really liked that game Monopoly growing up. 
I remember that everybody growing up was poor. All of my friends, all of my parents' friends were poor. We went to a church where it was a bunch of other immigrants, mainly Central Americans. We also, my parents had friends that lived in LA in and around the same area that we lived. They were also grew up in Guatemala. So very few people had even the concept of making more than 30,000, 40,000. I mean, if you were making $50,000 a year, you were rich according to where we were at. Uh, and I say that because one of my parents' friends, their mother was a realtor. And I remember going to her house one time and I only went one time but that's all it took. And we drove in through a gated community and she had a pool and it was a two story house. And I thought this was the richest lady I've ever seen in my life. And I just, something just clicked in my mind that real estate meant wealth. I realized at some point that everybody, regardless of what they do, regardless of where they're at, everybody who has money is invested in real estate in one form or another. And it just, to me, that just told me that that was the area that I needed to go. So we moved to Phoenix when I was about 14 years old. And I'm so glad that we did because I mentioned the, the, I mean, if my elementary school was like that, you can imagine what the junior high was yeah, like. Yeah. You can imagine what the high school was like. So I was so glad that my parents took me out of that environment. I moved to Phoenix, Arizona. And when I turned 18, I really was interested in business. So I attended a lot of uh, marketing stuff. I attended a lot of multi-level marketing pitches and meetings. I attended a bunch of networking events. And at some point, I just remember staying up late at night watching infomercials by a guy named Carlton Sheets. No money okay. down, Carlton yep. Sheets. This was like late 90s, early 2000s area. And I just, uh, it, it just resonated with me that you could buy and sell real estate with no money out of pocket. Now, it took me a few years before I actually got into the business, as a lot of people do. I, I call it double dutching when they're like, okay, I'm about to. Uh, it's yep, about, yep. Okay, well, maybe next year, maybe next month, yep. on Monday, next Monday, the Monday after next. And they're I'm always in, I'm out. I'm in, I'm out. Maybe well, they're always so. BSing yeah. themselves. Yep, yep. So, and, so and I mean, go ahead. One thing that you were saying, man, so growing up and it's gunshot and, and very violent area, man, it was a good thing that your family did pull you out South LA and bring you to Phoenix. And so now you're a teenager, you're looking at these infomercials and Carlton Sheets. Kind of tell me what, what sparked you into really getting in, in the real estate. I know you were going down that track. You were kind of one foot in, mm -hmm. one foot out thinking about it. Maybe I'm going to do it. Maybe next year. What actually made you say, Let's go ahead and do this and do it full time. The only time when humans make a change is when they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because people get sick and tired all the time, but it's when you're just tired of being tired all the time. So I got tired of BSing myself. I got tired of constantly saying, I'm going to do it. Telling my friends, oh, I'm going to get into that real estate. Man, that real estate stuff looks really good. I'm going to do it one of these days. One of these days, I'm going to do it. I just really got tired of it. Yeah. So I remember that I was 22 and I started working doing outside sales. It was really direct sales door to door. And we were selling junk. I mean, it was literally crap. And they, what that job taught me is that I could sell anything because regardless of what I was selling, at the end of the day, I was selling myself.
yep. people were people weren't buying the little water gun that I was selling. They were buying my energy and my personality. So once I proved to myself that I can do that out there, I said, well, crap, why don't I just start doing what I've been saying that I wanted to do? Now, I remember that I was working at AT&T at that point doing sales because I said, well, why am I busting my ass outside in this hot Arizona weather where I could just be inside in the, in the air conditioning and I was making more money, so that made more sense, but I felt like killing myself. It was just not fulfilling. It was just not rewarding. And when deep down inside that you have a gift and you're not using it, 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 it is torture. Somebody yeah. told me a long time ago that the definition of eternity is from the day that you need to do something to the day that you actually do it, whether that's <laughs> a week, a month, a year, whatever that was. So anyway, I ended up leaving that job. I, I ended up getting into disagreement with somebody. They went over to the HR department. And honestly, at that point, I didn't even care. Like the guy showed up with his lawyer and everything. And I was just like, dude, I don't even care. Just, just fire me. What I did was I started off and this was my absolutely first real estate experience was I was working for a manufactured home sales uh, company. Okay. And basically for y'all that don't know, manufactured homes are mobile homes, but they're like the nice version of mobile homes. They're usually like set in the land and stuff. So I was just sitting there. We had nothing to do. Literally, we just sat there and waited for people to drive up to the lot to show them some of the model houses, trying to get them approved. But I would be lucky to have three people show up in a day. So I had a lot of time in my hands and I started going through Craigslist and I saw this guy who said, hey, I'm a real estate investor. I'm looking to train a few people, no experience needed, all commission. So I had been in sales. I had been used to commission and I said, all right, well, let me go check this out. Now, honestly, at that point, I thought it was going to be something called Nuvarish, which now they rebranded themselves as Renata's. Basically, right. they're like a multi-level marketing company for real estate for education. Real estate. Yeah. And, and I say that not in a bad way, but I say that because I, as I remember I told you from the age of 18, 17, I've been going to these meetings. So they had these signs, part of their marketing for Nuvarish was, hey, a real estate investor looking for apprentice. And then when you went there, they were trying to sell you a $20,000 program. So I was like, what? I got nothing to lose. I'm sitting here literally dwindling my thumbs. So I'm going to just call this guy. It turns out the guy was a real investor. He was legit millionaire. He was separating from his business partner at the time and he was starting his own wholesale company and he needed door knockers. Now, okay. I didn't know door knocking. I didn't know that term. And for all you guys that are in wholesaling right now, believe it or not, you guys have it easy. Now, because you guys have it easy, it's a lot more competitive because it's a lot easier to send an email to a 10,000 uh, text message blast and send out a bunch of mailers than what we were actually doing when we were literally pulling out, going to the county, pulling up these records, then going and door knocking all of these houses. So yeah, anyway, it, was, it was a big, big difference back then. Huge, uh, huge. I've been in this business for 15 years. Because now it's... Just get up, sit at home, get on the internet, find your leads, do what you need to do, make a few phone calls, send some text messages. And only time you need to leave the house is when you need to go and set the appointment and meet with a seller. So yep. yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. But uh, go ahead, go ahead, BP. Well, and just as I, I was saying here earlier that it's easier, but because it's easier, there's a lot more competition. So we had it harder back then, but it was a lot less competition. Nonetheless, I recognized that when I was door knocking, it wasn't 
any harder than trying to sell somebody a crappy Chinese toy, a little coloring book, a, a crappy knife set or whatever the hell I was selling that day. And I realized that I could make a whole lot of money doing this by simply door knocking. Now, at that point, I wasn't even talking to the sellers. My job was just to door knock when I would door knock. I would basically find out they were interested, get some generic information, try to find out how much they owed, whatever, who their loan was with. And then the closer would come in and he would lock up the deal and do whatever. Anyway, I got paid 25%. And the investor that I was working for refused to do a deal for less than 10 grand. So I wow. wasn't going to get less than $2,500 per deal that I was out there getting. And so just, so let me, let me clarify just because you was door knocking, um, you wasn't even a closer, but you was getting 25%. Man, I was generous. I was very generous. And here's the thing is that I recognize that now. Back then, I thought he was ripping me off. <laughs> because you get these ideas in your head, especially coming from the hood. I don't want these people taking advantage of me. Look at that white man. He's making 75% off my, right. my hard work. He's sitting back at his office chilling and stuff. And I'm over here busting my butt in this 115 degree weather, knocking doors, having guns pointed at me, go telling me to go F myself and everything else. Like it was such a poor mindset. Now that I am in the business and I've been in the business for a long time and know a lot of individuals with teams and I look at how much they pay them percentage wise, I was like 25% just for door knocking. He was being ridiculous. <laughs> but hindsight is 2020. And when you come from a poor mentality when you come from a poor background you m not most of the time but pretty much guaranteed all the time you're your worst enemy that's true you you make it really hard and bad for yourself now marcus you're a man of color i'm a man of color myself we have seen experienced racism whether it has been directly or indirectly whether that has been in the job place whether that has just been out in social land whether that has been out in school whatever we we've all yep. experienced it now we can choose to focus on that we can choose to say well my it's because i'm a black man that nothing's going to happen for me it's because i'm a latin man that mm -hmm. that guy didn't do it. and one of the biggest bunch of bs that we learn, especially for us that are people of color that grew up poor, is the white man is holding you down. Yep. It's those white devils out there. It's their fault. Now, I say this because you, if you believe that, that's your mindset, you start getting in your own way. In my personal experience, older, rich, white folks were normally the ones that were willing to give me a shot. Normally, the ones that were going to be extra generous, like that guy that I mentioned, who mm -hmm. was paying 25% just for door knocking. Like, I wasn't even closing the deal at that point. I didn't have to negotiate numbers. I just had to find out if they were interested, set up the appointment, and make sure that it happened. It, it wasn't really – I didn't really comprehend that. But when I grew up, I, was, I always thought, well, these people are bad. They, they don't, they're not going to like me based on how I look like. They're not going to yep. like me based yep. on how I talk. They're not going to like me based on the fact that I have short hair and I love the Raiders and whatever else. Like, I already knew. I already knew in my head that ended up not being true. But because I knew in my head, I can think back to a few times where I actually messed it up and, and really shot myself in the foot including the time when I told that guy, hey, 25% is not enough. 
I'm going to do this by myself. This looks really, really easy. And then come to find out that it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big difference. Ass, you know? Big difference. <laughs> you had to wake up, man, because <laughs> – and that's, that's one of the things that get in our way. And we're definitely going to talk about mindset. And that's what I want to focus on today. But yeah, getting started, that was kind of what I was going through. It was like, man, but I'm getting 12% or 10% as an acquisitions person. And then you're looking at the hood. You're like, okay, well, they're getting $30,000 off of this deal. I'm the one that did all of the work and I'm getting mm-hmm. $3,200. That don't make sense. But once you step outside and you're like, okay, look at all of the different moving parts, then you understand, okay, well, the person that's getting the 30000 he's the one that's putting up all of the money for the marketing. He's the one that's building the buyers list. He's the one that's going out there, scraping the leads and doing everything like that. And he's the one that's taking the risk. So you guys out there that's starting out maybe as a bird dog or as a newbie, don't always get concerned about looking at what the next guy is making, looking at the education that you're earning. And that way you can get out there and go and do your own thing. And so honestly, be- that's, how I, that's how I looked at it. I said, you know what? I get to earn while I learn. Yep. Now that, that happened after I learned my lesson with this guy because I literally lost everything after I left that company and then really just got, it wasn't good for about a year or so. Nonetheless, though, when I came back and I had the opportunity to do that again, I said, well, I'm learning on this, on this new company's dime. They're putting up the marketing. They have the office. They're, they're the ones with the legal department. They're taking the risk. If I make a mistake and I sign the wrong number on the contract, it's their problem, not my problem. So I'm going to appreciate the opportunity. And you did say something very valuable to new people, which is stop looking at other people's pockets. And if you look at it, even if you're a bird dog, let's say that you're a bird dog and you're going to make $1,000, right? You bring me a deal. You already know that I'm going to make, I don't know, because I'm, I'm an open book. I always tell people everything. So I'm going to make 10, 15 grand, whatever. And you get $1,000. First of all, don't worry about what I'm making because you didn't know how much it cost me to get there. Second of all, you should be happy that you're making $1,000 by simply just driving around finding a house, you took down a freaking address, you send it over to me and I just happened to buy the deal. Like, don't worry about what the other person is doing. Worry about yourself. And then really, because when you start looking at, let's say I'm doing a bird dog for Marcus and I find out he's making 15 grand, I'm only making a thousand. What should have been a happy scenario for me because I'm making a thousand dollars by literally just driving by a property and writing down the address now is a, is a point of contentment and resentment because, oh, look at that guy. He's making 15 grand and I'm only making one. Like he wouldn't have found the deal if it wasn't for me. Da, 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 da. No. Yep. Look at what you bring to the table and look at how much effort you put into it. And by the way, if you want to snap back into reality, look how much it would have took you at your regular job right now to make a thousand dollars. How many hours would you have gone? How much BS would you have put up with? <laughs> yep. Yep. You're absolutely right, man. It's all about perspective and, and how you look at it. So BP, tell me, you, you made this mistake. You lost this, lost this, this job. And you said, you're going to get out here and do it on your own. What did it take for you to really get out there and do it on your own? And before you answer that, Guys, let me remind you that BP wouldn't have known what to get out there and do if it wasn't for that initial investor that helped them out. 
So you guys got to take that into consideration when you are jumping out there to get started on your own. You got to look at it. Man, I wouldn't know what I know if it wasn't for what I did in the trenches. And that's what I tell people. Everybody want to see the glory of where a person is at, but they're not looking at that backstory of how they got there. So people, you have to understand, you can't cheat the system. You look at all of these successful investors and they'll all tell you pretty much the same thing. I had to go through the trenches and learn my way up. I had to learn in order to to earn. The more I earn, the more I learn, the more I earn. So get your education in order. So if you need to sit under somebody and learn from them, do that. Why not? Because some of these investors that's way ahead of you, yeah, they did go and spend $25,000 or $30,000 on an education. You're not looking at that. You're just looking at, well, he's making 15 grand and I'm making one grand. And, and, and when you look at it in its totality, you don't know how much his marketing costs. That 15 grand may be him just breaking even and that $1,000 is all profit for you. You know, so it's all in perspective. And, and, it, and it's better if you just focus on yourself. Don't worry about people next to you. Don't worry about that other guy in your group that's killing it and he's younger than you or she's, she's younger than you or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. You just have to focus on yourself. And if you focus on other people's pockets, A, you'll never grow your pocket. And, and B, you will always be disappointed because there's always somebody better, younger, stronger, better looking, whatever than you are. Like that's just the reality of the world. So we were, we were talking about learning from these other people. And one of the things that I love, and I actually, I'm redoing my office, so I haven't put the placard in here, but I have a placard that says, learn from other people's mistakes because you don't have enough time to do them all yourself. And one of the things that I got a chance to learn was from other people's mistakes, because a lot of the companies that I associated myself with, they did some things good, but they did some things not so good. There was, there was different as a, with anything in business, there's different characters, different personalities, different backgrounds. So I took what I liked from them and I took it over into my own way. Now, one of the things that I realized while I was working for them is that I needed to be myself. For any of you guys that follow me online, for any of you guys that listen to the podcast, for any of you guys that are on the Facebook group, you guys know that I use profanity all the time. Like that's just what I am. It's how I am. When I was working for other people's businesses, they had an image to keep and they weren't about that life. They didn't want to, mm -hmm. they didn't want me participating and being myself. So what I did was I took all the good that I liked from them. I left all the bad, all the issues. Oh, nope. this one guy has got tax problems. Let me make sure not to do that part. Exactly. <laughs> let, me, let me make sure to avoid that trap. Oh, you, you got too big too fast. Oh, shit. Let me, let me go ahead and let me write that down. Okay, let me put this down. And I did those with the purpose of learning from those people. Now, when I moved into the business in, by myself and I did my first wholesale deal, I had recognized by that point that if I just focused on helping other people, I would be, have more than enough business to sustain me for as long as I wanted. 
And a lot of times people like to ask me, hey, BP, you've been in the business for 15 years. What do you think is better, this type of letter or that type of letter? You think mailings or, or ringless voicemails? You think text blasts? What do you, but this, and I'm like, I don't know. I never did any of that. All I did was connect people and find people. As I was connecting people, as I was finding people, I would learn from them. So, Marcus, you are a buyer that I meet at a local networking event. And I'm working with Joe over here, who is a seller. I'm just a professional middleman, which I have shared many times is what I was when I was a wholesaler. I never did marketing. I never spoke to sellers. I never signed contracts. All I did was I was a professional middleman. I knew that you bought in this on the east side of town and you like this particular area and this particular neighborhood for this particular price point. So I was talking to Joe over here. We're talking, we're smoking, we're drinking. And he's, oh yeah, man, I just locked up a deal and it's on this side. Oh, man, I, I sell that stuff right now, bro. Like you don't even, don't even create marketing. I got you. Now, I would learn from you because I would reach out and say, hey, Marcus, you're a buyer in this area. You've been flipping houses for a while. I'm going to bring you the deals. I'll work with you exclusively. Here's what I ask in return. If you don't buy the house, tell me why you didn't buy it. Not because I want to combat you on it, but because I'm just curious. I want right. to learn how you're looking at things. And I tell people all the time, if I would have had money when I first started, I would have lost that money 10 times over because I thought everything was a good deal. Yeah, And yeah. that happens to all the newbies. You guys think every single piece of crap property out there yeah, is a good deal. A good deal. Yep, <laughs> and they yep. were like, well, if you just throw some paint on it and then just like you fix up the pool <laughs> and you're like, dude, you're talking about $150,000 worth of work. And the property, if I were to do it like that, I mean, it would only be worth this. And after closing costs and holding costs and everything else, like I'm losing money. Losing, on these right. Don't make sense. Yes. So well, I had to learn from these people. As I was talking to the seller, the, which was another wholesaler. Hey, Joe, what about this? Okay, well, she's, what about this neighborhood? No, I, well, I heard about this guy. Hey, I have a buyer who likes stuff, stuff over here. If anybody who, oh, well, yeah, yeah, you should talk to Jim. Jim likes to market in that area. He's, he's all about marketing in the South Side. I don't really like going over there, but he loves that stuff over there. Okay. That's how you start building your network. And that's really how I got my first deal and every other deal to this day, including my multifamily, including everything else that I do. It comes from other people bringing me deals. So you just networked. You did, like yep. you said, you didn't do any marketing or anything like that. You were just the social guy getting out there. So did you, did you go to meetups and things like that? Or it was just all community organically grown? No, both. So it was both. So I was working for the first guy, the guy who's paying me 25%. I was 24 at this point, still fairly young. The rest of the team was really young. I was the youngest guy out of there. Everybody else was like late 20s, college graduate, white guys and stuff. Okay. And so I was just hanging out with them. All of a sudden, like three, four months in, this little snot-nosed punk, 20-year-old guy uh, named Sack comes in. And he is just like a cocky little crap. He's from Ohio State. I don't know if you ever met anybody from Ohio State, which yeah. and they like actually went to Ohio State and they, they never shut up with that O-H-I-O. Right, he, right. He was just one of those guys, like literally just fresh out of Ohio State, annoying as hell. Anyway, he would get deals left and right, left and right. And I, I, I remember talking to him and I'm like, Zach, how are you getting these deals? And he's like, oh, it's network, bro. It's networking. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? He's like, I just talk to people everywhere I go. I just 
I met this guy here. I met this guy at the bar here. I met this guy hanging out at the beach here. I met this other dude here. I met this guy on Facebook. I thought he was full of crap until I started actually implementing it. And when I realized that it's a lot easier, and here's the thing, guys, and here's, here's what you really got to consider, because I, I know that you have different people from different levels, but in any real estate show, there's always going to be people that are just getting started or are looking to get started. Yep. Now, you are going to hear all these gurus everywhere tell you about, hey, you need to get directly to the seller, directly to the seller. That's how you make the most amount of money. And they are 100% correct. What they don't tell you, though, is that that's where it takes the most amount of effort. That's where yep. it's the biggest pain in the ass. That's where you have the most competition. Now, what I decided to do was I, I never like chasing after the same girl that every guy does. I'll let them fight over her, and I'll go get up with her fine friend over here. Right. <laughs> let, them, let, them fight, let them fight over there. So what I ended up doing was I ended up just really – building out my network. I started talking to people. I started saying, hey, what do you have? What do you want? What's here? What's there? I started connecting people on social media. But one of the things that I, I started making, I was making money on Facebook before making money on Facebook was a thing. Because I recognized that if I wanted to talk to you, Marcus, and if I met you at a networking event, you might be like, oh yeah, that's fine. Here's my assistance number. Give her a call, set up an appointment, and then you kind of get lost in the shuffle. Right, right. Or I could just send you a message directly. And once again, this was before people were blasting and doing all stuff, kind of stuff on uh, Facebook. So I could send a message directly. and hey, hey, Marcus, man, I met you at the event. You're awesome. Let's stay in touch. Let's boom, boom, boom. So I would go to networking events in person I would use my personality to connect with people. And what I had found out is people just like you to be genuine, whatever right. that means. And, and remind you guys, I am from the hood. I'm from the ghetto. I got gutter mouth. I smoke a lot of weed, even though here I do have my a medical license here in uh, <laughs> Arizona. It's legal, so don't worry about it. I love drinking alcohol. I'm not corporate at all. When I decided to just be myself, people started seeing through that and said, hey, man, I like you because you're genuine. I like right. you because you're going to tell me the truth. Well, as I went and went to these things, I made friends with these people. Instead of exchanging business cards, which honestly, if you're using business card, it's a waste of effing time. It like is. Seriously. It is. What, what do you do with the business card? You get it? Oh, yeah, cool. You put it in your pocket. When you get home, you put it on your desk. And then in a week later, you move it to the trash can because you're yep. not going to do anything. So yep. I said, hey, whoop out your phone right now. Come on, let's, let's come on. Do, 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 do. All right, perfect. I'm going to send you a text. Oop, do, do, do. Now you got me in. Let's lock it in. Awesome. You're on Facebook. Great. Let's connect on Facebook. What ended up happening because of that is I started growing a following of people, people that I totally forgot about. I'll get messages from people that I met 10 years ago that have been following me on Facebook for 10 years. Hey, man, I've been following your journey. Man, I can't believe it. Man, when you were there, you were putting up bandit signs, and now you're blah, 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 and you're owning apartment complex. You're just such an inspiration to see. But, oh, you, you said you're looking for lenders. Well, I have some money sitting here. Oh, you're, you're looking for this. You're doing that. Well, blah, 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 blah. And things just continue coming to me. Now, yep. I do want to make one point before we move on, which is, if you listen to the gurus that tell you to go after the seller, yes, you will make more money, but that relationship will only bring you one house for the large majority. There, there is a possibility that Miss Jones may have a vacation home or something. There is a possibility that she may connect you with her sister, her cousin, or Mrs. Sister so-and-so from church. That, that's a possibility, but the probability is not there. 
there's a possibility that she, she may be an investor and she has 30 houses more. Yeah, yeah, that, that is yep. possible. But the reality is that most of the time they don't. So you're investing all your time, all your energy, all your money into building relationships that are just going to be one night stands. They don't matter. After the deal's done, after the deed is done, you shake your hands, you move on to the next one. Where I'm building relationships with people that are going to continuously help me in my journey. Because when I started wholesaling, all the people that were my buyers, all my Marcuses, they eventually ended up being my mentors when I moved into fixing and flipping. Because if Marcus, if I had been bringing properties to Marcus for the last five years at the numbers that he wants, sometimes yep. I make three grand, sometimes I make five grand, sometimes I only make 500 bucks, whatever, making sure that he's taken care of. When I reach out to him in three years and say, hey, Marcus, I'm doing my first flip. Hey, can you connect me with, my, with a contractor? Or hey, my contractor's telling me this. Does this sound good? What title company do you use? What hard money lender do you use? Do you think he's going to tell me, hey, man, leave me alone. I'm, I'm too busy for you. For the nope. most part, no. He's going to be very, very, very happy to help you in your journey. So my tip to you newbies is to stop focusing on finding the buyers. Every single time I speak at a different event, every single time I come up, I always get the same question. How do you find buyers? How do you find, I mean, how do you find <laughs> sellers? How do you find sellers? How do you find sellers? Stop focusing on the sellers. Start making relationships with buyers. There and making relationships with other people like lawyers and realtors and other people. And, and I say this all the time because I'm from the hood. It's a lot better to make connections with the drug dealer than with a drug user. Yeah. The drug user is the homeowner. He, he or she only has a very limited amount of the substance that you want. You're yeah. looking for a drug dealer. You're looking to deal with other wholesalers, other buyers. Because here's the thing. If I am helping Marcus and I bring him all the deals that he wants in the area that he wants, and he's putting out marketing because people put out marketing, and he gets a deal that's not in his area. Hey, BP, check this out. I got a deal over in the south side. You mentioned that you, you might know somebody. Hey, if you just, just sell it for me and we'll split the difference. Would you, we'll make money. Hey, what? I just want to make three grand. I don't really care what you make on top of that. I don't even want that crap. The sooner you can sell it, the better. I just want my money back to go back into getting deals in my area. Yep. That has happened to me way many times. And that's more likely happening when I build a relationship with Marcus, who is a drug dealer in this, in this right. scenario, who's surrounded with the stuff that I want, as opposed to spending all my time and money trying to find the sellers, which are just technically like a one night stand. They're just boom, you got it, you're in, you're out. And that, that's all it is to it. Man, that was, that was, that was great, man. Applause on that because nobody ever put it that way as far as being with the drug dealer versus being with the addict because that's very true. If you're, you're constantly around the people with the resources, you're going to always have resources in your backyard. So guys, it's, it's just back to the classic thing, networking, get out there find people, be around the right people. And I, I have to honestly say it was a mistake that I made because I was so focused on getting the deals, doing the marketing and everything like that to where I stopped going to networking events. I stopped going to REA events and things like that. And then I saw that my deal flow started shrinking because I'm like, I'm not getting the people that's reaching out to me saying, hey, Marcus, this is what I got. Can you move this for me? And when I started doing that, things started opening up. I'll give you an example. I just started with this other, with this other group. And what was it? Three weeks ago. Now on yesterday, I got a lead, a referral from a guy that's in 
on the East Coast looking to move a property. And when I looked up the numbers, it's, it's like a hundred grand deal. So, but that was just from networking. Wasn't no marketing done. Wasn't nothing. It was just connecting. So guys, make sure you listen to BP. It's very, very key that you get out there. I don't care if you haven't done a deal. I don't care if you've done one deal. I don't care if you've done, you know, 200 deals. You still have to be out there in the community. Take it from my mistake. My mistake. is simple. Life is simple. I was hanging out with one of my mentors in his property over in Merida, Mexico. And he, he's, he speaks with a real thick uh, Cuban accent because he's Cuban. And he's like, Brian, me and amigo. It's, uh, life is very simple, yet we choose to complicate it. And business is really simple. Wholesaling is really simple. Here's what you need to do to wholesale a deal. You need to find a seller. You need to find a buyer. You need to build in a spread and make sure it closes. Now, when people think seller, they only think of the homeowner. Mm -hmm. But Marcus, if you are a wholesaler and you lock up a deal, you now have to sell that sell property. Yep. You now are contractually obligated, especially if you put up earnest deposit, especially if you're like here in Arizona, we had something called option, option contracts, which was basically, hey, I have the option to buy your house. I'm not really committing to buying your house. Yep. And that would let us lock it up for 20, 30 days or whatever. But a lot of other states don't have that ability and other states actually make you put up earnest deposit. So now you're, you're in a timeline. You're a seller. Yep. You have to get rid of that property. If I come up to you and say, hey, Marcus, bro, I got, bro, I got buyers. I got buyers lined up. And by the way, I have my buyers buy. Because here's another thing that you guys mess up, especially you newbies, is you hear the gurus and they're like, I got a 10,000 buyers list and they'll buy anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine but they're only going to talk to them once or twice. If yep. you're buying over overpriced properties and you're not making any money, you're not going to come back to me to buy more properties. So what I used to tell people like Marcus and hypothetically, he's a wholesaler here is, Hey man, I got buyers. I got five solid buyers. They're all in different areas of town. They all have different criterias. If you give me, let me have a shot at this property. I can move it. What, what do you, how much you're in for it? Perfect. Well, let's just, let's just sell it. You get it for as low as you can. I'm going to sell it for as high as I can. And then we'll split that money 50-50. Yep. The, 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 the amount of people that I did that with was ridiculous. And then people would realize, hey, well, I'm really good at marketing and I really like negotiating. And some people get off on negotiating contracts and locking in deals and turning a no into a yes and stuff. Some people get off on that. And some people don't particularly like dealing with buyers on the back end. Mm -hmm. So I had, I had a few companies that literally would just focus on acquisitions and then give me all the dispositions and say, Hey, just sell all the properties. And I would just make a spread, cut it in half. They get half, I get half and we move on. And I spend no money in marketing. I spend no time in no old lady's house. I spend no time beating up a, a family that's going through a divorce and right. trying to get the right price. I had spent no time doing that whatsoever. Now, if you want to do a wholesale deal. All you need to do is find a seller and find a buyer and make some money in between. I say yep. that because when I moved into fixing and flipping, one of the guys that I used to help, his name was Aaron. I was doing my very first flip and I did it all completely wrong, meaning that I was in the property. I was, I was acting like the general contractor. 
I, I, I wanted to replicate the stuff that I saw on TV, on HGTV, and I'm going to the Home Depot and I'm choosing out the finishes and I'm choosing out the colors and the paints and all this crap. And waste of it, time. Man, complete waste of time. Complete waste of time. Now, not only was, was it a waste of time, but because I didn't know what I was doing, I went over budget. So mm-hmm. I, I remember that I needed a wholesale of property. I reached out to my network. What do you got? Perfect. All right. Hey, Aaron, this is in your area. Let's go lock it up. Great. Boom, boom. I was going to make like three grand on that deal. And it was just going to help me keep stay afloat. I went to the wholesale property and I'm signing the contract with Aaron. And I'm like, bro, this is, this is cool. This is a nice job you're doing. And how many flips you got? He's like, ah, oh, this is my 15th flip. And it, this was sometime in the beginning of the year, like March, February, something like that. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's cool, bro. You're would doing that, your- would that, would that happen to be Aaron from uh, Net Worth Realty? No. Okay. All right. No, 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 no. Honestly, I, I know most of the people that I know, nobody knows about. Okay. And, and I always tell people, be careful with the gurus out there because very rarely is times are what they seen. And being that I live here in Phoenix, Arizona, we have a lot of gurus here. Yep, and one yep. thing that I know for a fact is that a lot of these people are really good marketers, but not that good real estate investors. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, the real estate investing deals that they, that they show, they get most of the time from their students. From someone else. There. They buy yep. the program. Hey man, boom, boom, boom. I found the deal. I don't know what to do with it. It happens to be a big deal. And now, they kind of pass themselves off. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying to be aware of that type yeah, of stuff. You, now, you, got, this you want to deal with guy, people that's active. Exactly. And, and that's, that's normally what I do. Not only are they active, but they're kind of kept to themselves. And one thing that you realize about rich people, for reals, really rich people, they don't want to be known. Right, <laughs> right. They don't, they don't really want to be known. So anyway, uh, I ask him how many houses. This is my 15th. I'm like, 15th of the year. This is awesome. And he's like, no, no, no. This is the, my 15th flip going on right now. Like once I buy, once I close on this one, it'll be number 15. And I was like, man, how do you do that? And he's like, get the hell out of the house. Yeah. Because he, he had stopped by the week before to look at the property. Being that it was my first flip, I was reaching out to all the people that I knew who had fixed and flipped before. I said, hey, man, am I doing the right job? This is looking good. You think this is going to sell? What color here? You know, I was getting all their advice. So he had stopped buying. He had seen me do all the work and he told me, get out of the house. You are not a contractor. Stop doing that crap you see on TV. He said, Brian, if you want to do 15 flips at one time, like I'm doing, you only have two jobs. Find the deal, line up the deal and line up the money. Yep. Now, he never said that I needed to go door knock and put marketing. He said, find the deal. That's what I did. I found it from other people. Line up the money. I, li- I lined up some hard money, lined up some private money as gap funding. And I never once spent a dollar of my, any of my money. I flipped. I don't even, I lost count of how many houses I flipped, but I want to say it was over 50 in the last, like whatever years that I was flipping. Cause I stopped flipping like two, three years ago. But every single time that I've moved into a different aspect of real estate, it's really just been, it's really simple. We choose to complicate it in our head. And if you just follow the simple steps that are aligned to you and don't overthink it, as I said, if you're looking to wholesale, all you need to do is find a seller. It doesn't have to be a homeowner, just a seller. And then you have to find a buyer. That doesn't mean that it has to be a 
flip fix and flipper. It doesn't have to mean it's a, this, whatever type nope. of thing you have in your mind that that can mean anything that can mean a realtor. That can mean somebody who's got somebody cash, somebody who's looking for this, somebody who's looking for that, somebody who's doing a nursing home, whatever. You just have to find a buyer and then work your profit in between. Well, well, BP, man, you, you got a lot going on here. You're giving us some great nuggets. What I want to do, I want to take a brief break and then hear a word from my sponsors. We'll come back. And I want to get into mindset, man. I want to, because that's, that's an area where a lot of people miss it. They think it's all about the nuts and bolts, but all of the nuts and bolts come from the mental. So we'll take a brief break and we'll come right back. Finding real estate deals can be a challenge, but with the batch leads, it doesn't have to be. Batch Leads has created a one-stop solution for all your real estate needs. So you can find more sellers, close more deals, and maximize revenue. Batch Leads offers a comprehensive suite of lead-generating tools that cover text messaging, skip tracing, finding comps, and much more. Batch Leads help you simplify, manage, and organize all your data in one place. Batch will help you stack your lists and identify properties that appear on multiple lists and have multiple distress indicators. These sellers are likely to be highly motivated and eager to sell. Get the most powerful and complete lead generation platform in the industry. Locate sellers, buyers, and lenders nationwide in seconds. Go to batchlead.io and use promo code WELOVEEQUITY. All right, we are back with BP, Brian Passiano, from here in Phoenix, originally from South LA, and he is, well, he was doing fix and flips and everything like that. He done plenty of deals, still doing deals. He's a matchmaker. He's a networker. And right now, we want to talk about the importance of mindset, the importance of making sure you have that right thought process. So BP, going in, so now you're you're connecting all of these people. You're you're that that hub. People are coming to you. Hey, Brian, do you know this? Do you know that? Who can I connect with on this? How did you get to that point? Because I know, being a first generation immigrant myself, I know that immigrants have that deep rooted mindset of you make it happen no matter what. Because if I was back in Guatemala or if I was back in Panama, I wouldn't have these opportunities. So. How did that help cultivate you and your mindset and what you're doing in the real estate space? Coming from the Latin background, you're taught to work really, really hard. I was working since I was 11 years old. I was, my very first job was posting flyers door to door. So that was something my parents worked at that company. They got me a, a position during the summer and I would literally get in a van with a bunch of illegals for lack of better term i mean we had mexicans guatemalans hondurans and they would mm -hmm. all just load up in the back of this van we would put these things in the plastic bag as we were driving there when we got there walked and put these things on the door and i was i was 11 years old now that work hard mindset make it happen one way or the other is a good thing but it's also a bad thing Yep. And one of the things that you have to understand about yourself is you have to learn how to take the good from the bad. But in that particular case, I knew that I could work hard. I knew that I was a good worker. And I tell people all the time, like, I'm a lazy guy. I'm a completely lazy guy. But I know that I'm a really good worker. I know that I can work. 
I know for a fact that I, I mean, I've done labor work before and I, and I hate doing labor work. Right. I hate, dude, I don't even like tightening up a boat. I literally call the handyman and be like, bro, can you handle that? Right. I'm not dealing with that crap. No, I'm serious. And the reason why I do it is because I don't particularly like doing it. I always mess it up. I always, uh-huh. always, always. So I just, I just stop. Like it's better just to pay somebody. Nonetheless, though, because of that mindset, you were very like, I'm going to make it happen one way or the other. And because your soul knows to the grindstone, you can't really stop, smell the roses and really take in the scenario. I was actually watching, it was funny, just before we did this, I love watching stuff on YouTube about military tactics. And this one was a war between when Japan was invading Korea. Now, Japan was whipping Korea's butt left and right. And then the Navy for Korea came in. One of the things that the Navy officer, the Admiral, understood is the Japanese, pe- Japanese people were very proud. So what he did is he would set traps. He would, he would send out a few boats to like say, oh, my God, we're helpless. And then they'd come, Japanese would come running after them. They would fleet back and surround them. And he, he was just whipping everybody's butt left and right, left and right, left and right. That's what happens when you're so nose to the grindstone. Yep. You can't even see the traps. You can't even see the field in front of you. You're so focused on, I got to get it. I got to get it. I got to get it. That's one of the negative aspects of the mindset. And what I had to learn was that I don't have to work that hard to make money. My programming, which is the thoughts, the ideas, the beliefs, the experiences that you had as a kid that then eventually end up making your thoughts because there's something known as the process of manifestation and the process of manifestation states that your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings dictate your actions and your actions lead to your results. So everything starts with the thought, but if you want to take it back even one step further and you're trying to figure out where, why do you think that way? Why do you feel jealous when a good friend of you that yours that you like some guy that you like makes money and you don't, and you're like, Oh man, now it's not that you hate on that guy or whatever. It's just a natural thing that happens. So you have to understand that that's your programming. Part of my programming as being a Latin man was that I have to do it myself. It's all about the sweat of my brow. It's about, and one of the things that you notice, uh, cause I, I speak Spanish when I travel the world, when you go to Latin countries, Latin women brag about their men based on how hard they work, how hard they work. My, my yep. man here, he's such a hard worker, man. He puts in overtime. He takes care of the family. Like I got a good man. I got a good man. Now, not that, that, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's what's known as a limiting belief. That lets very limits you that you are the one that has to do everything, right. which is why most of you believe that you have to call, make or, the cold call, have yep. to do the door knock, have to negotiate the price, have to be sitting there entitled to sign the paperwork. If, if it's not done by you, it's going to get messed up. And that, that's what you believe. Now, I had to understand One of the things about me is that I've always been very observant. And as I mentioned, I learn from the mistakes of others. And, but I also learn from what other, from what people do that actually work like further from their wins. And I realized that really successful people weren't doing it all themselves. Yeah. There was some successful people that were out there grinding it and pushing it and everything depended on them. But the ones that were even more successful and seemed more calm and chill they were not doing that. Mm-hmm. So I just realized that there has to be a reason why. And at that point, I met a good mentor of mine. Uh, there is this book here called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker. Uh, the guy back here is uh, Harv. That's, he's the author of the book. 
my mentor is a personal friend of Harv. They grew up with him in Canada. So I happened to meet him at a networking event and he really started pushing into me the mindset, how it's all made up in our mind. And if I believe that I have to door knock and if I believe that I have to grind it out and if I believe that I have to beat everybody and I'll beat my competition, then that's what it's going to be. Or if I believe that I can collaborate, if I can believe that deals will come to me regardless, money comes to me from expected and unexpected places, which was a mantra that we repeated over and over and over and over and over, that would become my reality. And what I just said all that right there, guys, is mindset. It's all up here. And here's the, here's the reality. You guys can listen to podcast after podcast, watch YouTube video after YouTube video. You guys can hire coach after coach after coach. They can be throwing seeds. They can be watering those seeds. But if the soil isn't right, which is mm -hmm. your mindset, like I said, you could be taking the right action. You could be door knocking. You could be spending your money. Yeah, hell, I would be willing to guarantee that there's some of you listening and watching right now that are spending money in marketing and getting Dilly Squad for return. And you know why that is? Because your mindset isn't right. Uh, once I learned, dude, this was like the Matrix, bro. This was like, this was yep. like understanding that the world is not real and it's all made up. And I literally, I can make, this is a story and I can make it up. I'm a writer and I'm the producer and I'm the editor and I'm the casting yep, director yep. and I get to choose who has a speaking role. And by the way, I get to write my story. So if, even if you are 50 years old and you have sucked at life, your kids hate you, your wife divorced you, you're living in a freaking apartment somewhere, sleeping in a crappy couch somewhere, you can write your own story about this guy who's 50 years old, who has been a loser all his life and effing turns it around. You have that option, and it's all made up right here. It's a story that you make up in your freaking head. So very true, BP. And I try and tell people that all of the time because I, I went through that, that whole mindset, sh mindset shift because I had that low self-esteem, low personality, and I was always taught, you do it yourself because my father is Latin. He's from Central America, and it was always – you do it yourself. You never let anybody work harder than you. The reason why you're losing is because you're not working as hard as the next person. And you tend to believe that stuff. And then, like you said, it is like the matrix, man. So now I'm up every morning and I'm going over these confessionals. I'm speaking these things. And not only am I just speaking them, but I'm making sure that I believe them. And that's the thing, guys. You have to have that mindset, mindset to where anything that you think you have the capability to do because if you wouldn't if you didn't have the capability to do you wouldn't have never got that thought so you have to put those thoughts in the actions i was reading a book i can't remember what book it was but they said on any given day, you have five multi-million dollar thoughts that come through your mind. And the reason why you don't take action on those thoughts is because you don't believe that it's possible for you. Yep. My, just... my, my mentor always said, when you look at something, you have to ask yourself two questions. Is it feasible? So is it, is it, is it possible just in general? Like instead of saying, hey, I'm going to make myself float. Like as of right now, that's impossible. That's not even feasible at all. But hey, is it feasible? And then the second question, which is a more important question, is it feasible for me? Yep. Now you said something very important that most people kind of overlook when it comes to the mindset. It's not just about having the right thoughts. It's about the emotion that's attached to those thoughts. 
remember that your thoughts lead to feelings, but feelings lead to your actions. So let's say that you have the right thought and you're thinking, man, I'm this and I'm that. And you're going through your affirmations, which is honestly why I'm a big advocate against affirmations. I actually don't like affirmations here in the book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. We learn something called declarations. And basically an affirmation sounds like this. I'm a millionaire. And even though you're not, the back mm-hmm. of your mind can combat that, and it usually does. No, it's not. No, it's not. Now, here's what happens. If your mind combats that, you could be thinking the right way, but now you're going to feel like crap. And because That's you feel it. like crap, because your thoughts lead to your feelings, and then your feelings lead to your actions, even if you happen to take the right action, the energy behind it isn't right, so you're not going to get the right results. And that's where believing in it. So, yep. guys, if you guys have an affirmation list, first of all, I'll tell you to get rid of that crap and write declarations because the declaration is I'm working hard every day to become a millionaire. Your mind can't combat that unless you're not doing anything. But by that point, you should be doing something, right? So, declaration, affirmation is like, hey, I'm, I, I'm a millionaire and I got cash flow coming out of my ears. When If that's not really happening, your mind will combat that. Now, there is some people that have the strong belief in themselves that can really believe that and push that forward, but most people can't. Now, the reason why I tell you that is because if you are going to set a goal, and we're not going to get into this here, but there's something known as the sweet spot. And the sweet spot is something that you really, 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 really want, but at the same time, you really, 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 really believe that you can get it. Get it, yep. Because if those two things aren't matching, you're not going to, you can want it all you want. Like a lot of you guys want a Lamborghini and a hot yep. girl and a this and that. But if you don't believe that you can get it, your, your, your emotions, your feelings are not correct. And even if you take the right actions, you're not going to get the right results. And you have to understand that that is possible. So if you are new to this, if you're setting your goals, if you're setting your stuff, don't listen to those people telling you, set your goals so big that they scare you. I, I understand what they're trying to tell you, but for the most part, if you're brand new, that's not going to work for you. What I would say is set realistic goals that you can attain, that you really, really, really want, but that you believe that you can get. And even if it's something really dumb, like I, I've done this before. Hey, I just did a seven day water fast. I didn't eat for a whole seven days. Now, I didn't start by doing that. I started by, hey, every Monday, I'm not going to eat. Yeah. And, and I'm going to commit myself for the next month that every Monday, I'm not going to eat. That's a simple goal. But as I continue to build upon those wins, upon wins, upon wins, upon wins, now my belief in myself and my capabilities grows that much bigger. So some of these things that I really wanted, but they were outside of my belief, now I can take another shot at them with this higher belief. And if your belief matches what you want, and once again, guys, all this is is mindset. I want you to understand that the inner creates the outer. It's the roots that create the fruits. It's the invisible that creates the visible. It's what's inside that creates what's outside. And that's just not with human beings. That's with nature. You look at a tree out there. I got an orange tree out there. My roots create the fruits that are on there. You can only see the fruits, but if you want to plump up and fix those fruits, you must feed the roots. Yep. And your mind works the exact same way. Yeah, and, and you're you're absolutely right, BP. And one thing that people do incorrectly that I believe as far as the affirmation declaration process is 
they say it and they say it and they say it, but they never put any actions behind it. So you can sit up here and talk all you want to, but if you're not putting those detailed steps in place and you're actually holding yourself accountable to make sure that happens, then you can talk all you want and nothing will happen. It's possible you're never going to take the action or if you don't believe that you're worthy of it. Yep. And that's a whole different conversation because with my, with my students, my coaching students, any of them that have ever done a one-on-one coaching call with me, the very first time we try to dig down to the roots, and I would say 90-something percent of them, their main root problem, their, their deep, deep root problem is that deep down inside, they didn't believe that they were worthy of making large amounts of money without, with very little work for many different reasons. Some of them, their parents told them they were idiots and they were going to never amount to anything. Some of them just saw their parents work hard for everything that they got. Some of them, their parents said, well, you can only be rich if you're a doctor or a lawyer or this or that. All these things created what they do. However, that right there will basically stop your action. And this is why, like, I understand that people, if you go the process of manifestation, thoughts, feelings, actions, results. Now, actions, that is part of the outer world. Thoughts and feelings are part of the inner world, right? That's the invisible. Mm -hmm. The actions are the visible. People always talk about actions because it's really easy for them to understand. Well, if I take this action, I'm going to get this thing. What they don't consider is they're completely missing the inside part, the mental part of the law of attraction, of the, the, the process of manifestation that states that your thoughts lead to your feelings. So if even if you take the right action, and I'm going to tell you guys this, I never take the right action. I am like <laughs> Mr. Magoo. I stumble backwards into everything, and everything always happens to me. And for all you young bucks out there that don't know who Mr. Magoo was, he was a goofy <laughs> cartoon character that was nearsighted with big old thick glasses. Yep. He literally like walk out of an airplane, and then he would land on a freaking like on a dump truck or something that would carry him to somewhere else. And then he would bump into the bad guy and solve the case. That is my life personified. I never take the right action. Never. But things always work out for me. And for anybody who has ever hung around me, for anybody who has ever been around me, they can attest that things just work out because I have the mind, I have the thoughts and the emotions under control. So I understand why people, you know, want to focus on the actions, but I do want to remind you that if you don't feel, if you're not confident, if you don't believe that you're taking the right action, if you believe deep down inside that wholesaling is a scam and you're taking advantage of Mrs. Jones, even if you're knocking on the door, even if you're sitting on the appointment, even if you're reading a script and you're doing exactly what you're told to do, it's not going to work out because your roots are not prepared for that. That's true. And I just want to remind everybody, regardless of what industry you are, you're probably in real estate because you're listening to this podcast here. Whatever you do, any single time that I leveled up from door knocking to wholesaling to fixing and flipping to fixing and flipping 15 houses at a time to buying and holding apartment complexes, everything else that I do, that has all just been a a mental shift that I now believe that I can do it. Very true. Very true. So BP, what's next for you, man? Because you're, you're doing a lot of things and we, and we're both here in Phoenix, man, and we never met. So we definitely going to have to hook up, man, because your whole thought process was similar to mine's man. And I always like to glean off of 
people that have a similar mindset. You should. And, and Bird, birds, birds of a feather flock together and you will be, if you hang around five rich people, you'll be the sixth one. So you should always be looking to up your circle. <laughs> that's right. That's right, man. So we're definitely going to have to connect. So tell me, what's, what's next for you, man? What's next for BP? So as of right now, I'm focusing on a few things. Real estate-wise, what we're doing is we're moving into the note space. As I mentioned, I own a multifamily and single-family what I recognize, what I realized is that I did it for the cash flow. And you guys see the shirt, cash flow. I did it for the cash flow, but I didn't recognize, realize that it was going to be so much attention needed, not just to turn it around, but then to continue running it. So eventually I met an, a mentor of mine that taught me about notes. So what I'm doing right now in my real estate career is we're actually, me and my business partner are doing stuff out in Cleveland. We're buying, uh, we're buying single family houses. As of right now, we're renting them to Section 8 tenants and we're making our investors double-digit return on their money. But eventually, we're going to be transitioning those rentals into lease options, into seller financing deals that then we're going to become the bank and now we're going to just own the note. And at okay. that point, I can still get my cash flow, but now I don't have to deal with broken toilets or tenants or any of the other headaches that come with being a landlord. I enjoy being a landlord up to a point. I enjoy being able to fill the need, especially for Section 8, we realize. And if any of you guys are, especially right now with the market's going to do whatever the hell it does, you definitely want to look into buying and hold rentals. And if you're going to do that, I would highly suggest you look into your local Section 8 office. Because in my experience, a lot of Section 8 offices around the country have more vouchers than they have houses yep. for them, which means that you should be very easily able to fill up your stuff. And because it's such an imbalance right now, they're not taking new applications. So if anybody were to mess up your property, they literally get kicked out of the program. They're not going to be allowed to even reapply for a few years. And like if, if in, few, in a few years is right now, they wouldn't even be able to apply because they're probably going to be full by that point. So people are not really messing up properties and stuff like that, like people used to hear back in the day. So anyway, we're doing that with the purpose of then creating notes, creating what's known as a portfolio of notes, and then going straight trading it on Wall Street, which one of my mentors is a Wall Street guy who basically buys tapes of notes, non-performing and performing notes. And he knows who does what and how and everything. So me and Chris have been getting mentored for this guy for like the last year and a half. And he's kind of walking us through the process. So right now we're in phase one. Eventually okay. we'll move uh, by the end of the year, we'll move into phase two. So that's what I'm doing real estate wise. So let me ask you this BP just to stop you real quick. Sure. Because that's, that's something that actually I stumbled into. I had a rental property, didn't really want to rent it anymore. It was a section eight property. I said, one of the tenants, wanted to buy the property. So I created a note. I owned it mm -hmm. free and clear and going through that process. And yeah, it's, it's great because now I don't have to worry about tenants, toilets, and termites, but I still get passive income off of it every month. So that's good, man. Kudos. You, you moving well, into that space. The bank. I really want to become the bank and every single person that I have met that I want to emulate. Cause there's a lot of people that I know that make a lot of money. But I, I look at them, I look at their lifestyle, and that's not what I want to be. That their image, their thing just doesn't sit well with me. Mm -hmm. The people that resonate well with me are people that are making a whole lot of money and not doing, are doing Nothing. very, very little work. <laughs> yes, exactly. And a lot of those people are traveling. They're, they're the happiest people that I know. And like I mentioned, my, my mentor, Ed, who lives in Mexico, and, and all these other people that I have hung out with. And the one common denominator that every single one of them has is notes. 
they're all doing notes. They're all creating notes. They're all in, in that space where they're becoming the bank. They're creating the cash flow. And the one thing that I do love about my mentor that we have right now with Chris is that because he is a Wall Street guy, he actually knows what the hedge funds like. So there's a lot of times where people create their own notes, but because they don't understand the, the end game, by the time that they try to go sell it, they're not getting what yeah, they thought they were going to be able to it. get it or whatever. And there's a reason why, because you have to write the note and underwrite it and perform it a certain way in order to, it's the same reason why banks make you jump through hoops to get loans. It's, the, it's not that the banks don't, can't, can't afford your house. And this is what my mentor told me. He said, BP, don't you think that banks could get into the fix and flip business if they want? They have inventory from REOs. Yep. They have money sitting there. They could easily hire contractors, but that's not a scalable business. That's too much headaches, too many moving yeah. parts. Yeah, this too is many variables. They do loans, yes. And the reason why they make people jump through hoops is because they don't want to foreclose on you. They rather have the money coming in. Yes, right. they can make more money if they foreclosed and sold it or whatever, but they don't want to do that. So they want to make sure that the thing doesn't go. That's underwriting it correctly, and that's what we're going to be doing here as we move forward. Aside from real estate, I'm also uh, highly, highly focusing on mental coaching. So I created, a, I created a program called Unf Your Mindset, but it's actually spelled out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and the reason why I did that is because I recognize that we all have a messed up mindset. As I, I used to coach people in real estate, I used to teach people in real estate, as you can tell with my story, my personality, my charisma, there would be a lot of people that were interested in being my students. And I recognized real quickly that it didn't matter how much good stuff I was giving them. It wasn't sinking in because they didn't have the right mindset. And then I, and then I started really looking into myself and saying, if I help people make money, like that's cool or whatever. But if I help people change their mindset and I've seen what it's done for me, I've seen how it's completely shifted, not only my life, but my brother's life, his kids, my kids, and anybody else that comes in our circle it's just been a tremendous, tremendous benefit. So anyway, I created the program. What I do have is I do have a Facebook group on F your mindset community. And once again, the F is spelled out now. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Let us know. Okay, well, what you, is. you asked me not to. So it's unfuck your mindset community. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> and then you can go to the website, unfuck your You can actually register for my free 60 minute webinar where I give you my top, top 10 secrets on how I unfucked my mindset. And, and guys, I, I wanted to make it to where people that look like me, that sound like me, that are just not that corporate individual, which we're finding out more and more as time goes on, that most people are just not, for them to resonate, for them to understand. And what I did is I created 52 lessons that I, you get dripped out once a week. So if you do the math, that's a whole year worth of lessons. 97 bucks a month is what the hell I'm charging. In addition to that, you get access to the members only group where you get to see all my behind the scenes stuff because I do have a podcast called Unfuck Your Mindset. You can actually find that on iTunes. Okay. If you're looking on iTunes, the U in the F word is a star. If you're looking anywhere else, you can just type out the whole thing. But anyway, I, I have the, I give them backstage access and I also allow all my, so yesterday I interviewed Steve Trang from the real estate disruptors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. Steve, Steve's a good dude. I've known him for a while. 
so we did the whole podcast, which my, my members only group got to see because I streamed it in there. But then after the podcast, I, Steve stayed on for a half an hour and they got to ask him questions about marketing, about sales scripts, about all these things that they, whatever they wanted to ask Steve questions about. So you get that benefit and you also get what's known as Mindset Mondays where every single Monday, 5 p.m. Arizona time, I do something called Mindset Mondays where we go over a specific topic of the mindset. It's a live interactive class that's only available to my members. So you get to ask questions, you get to, you get to interact. As of right now, we're actually diving deep into this book and breaking it down section by section. Okay. So it's been an amazing uh, journey right now. Anyway, you guys can go to Unf Your Mindset, but as you can tell, I'm way, way more passionate about the mindset. And what I, what I always tell people is I made it affordable for a reason because 97 bucks, like you spend more than that on dumb stuff, yeah. <laughs> on, on yeah. crap on Amazon and stuff. So I made, it, I made it affordable for you because I don't care about your money. What I want is your attention. And when people reach out to me and say, hey, BP, my marriage is better because of you. Hey, BP, I'm attracting, not I'm working hard, but I'm attracting money into my life. I'm attracting more money now than when I was busting my butt and I was out there hustling. Hey, man, you, you made me a better parent. You made me a better wife. You made me a better husband. Those messages, those videos are more and more valuable to me than your little 97 bucks a month. Yeah, like, yeah man, you're, you're changing lives, man. And that's, that's what's most important because once you change one life, that one life can be a family and then from a family to a whole generation. Well, and that's what I told my mentor. I recently interviewed my mentor in my podcast and we had that conversation. And I said, Jeff, if you wouldn't have taken that chance on me that day at that networking event, you wouldn't like just directly he affected me because of me. My brother's like, Hey, what's with that stuff? You're right. changing. You're making more money. So he started doing it. Then we have our kids. So he's got two kids. I got three kids now. And we started bringing them to the meetings, especially during summer and stuff like that. We're like, Hey, we're going to the meetings. We go there every single week anyway. So y'all just sit down, shut up, take notes, whatever. And they started getting into it. Now, because of that, then I created the, the group and now the program, and now my students are replicating that, and now they're infecting their friends and their family, and it's it, because of one guy, one connection. So I see that, that if I can teach people, and I'm, I'm literally changing lives, and I'm not just talking about my students' lives, but I'm talking about everybody that comes in contact with them, to me, that is worth way more than money, way more than money. There you go. There you go. So I'm going to make sure I have all of that information in the show notes down there for you. Unf your mindset and a book from Steve Harvey Ecker, the millionaire mindset. I'll make sure you guys have access to all of that information. So BP, make sure you send that over if you haven't already. That way I can put it in the show notes. Yeah, I think my assistant might have, but I will double check with her. And then we have a, we actually have our weekly meeting here in like 45 minutes. Okay. Yep. So yep. So let's, let's up wrap her. up here, man. Let's go into our hot seat questions. So BP answer these questions for me, man, as soon as, as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. Starting over, what would you do different? I would focus more on networking. Honestly, if I would focus more on networking and learning how to raise money. Okay. If, if I could go back and just start, that would be my first two things. And what is the greatest commodity outside of capital? Time. Gotcha. What is one thing you can do to be more productive? Uh, work less. 
Gotcha. The I less like I that. the less I work, the more I make. the The more I'm forced to leverage and and bring other people on board to do the stuff that I hate doing anyway. The more money I make. Gotcha. Okay. What drives your ambition? Freedom. Being able to do what I want, when I want, how I want, being able to be who I am without worrying about somebody who doesn't like me or doesn't want to do business with me because life keeps on blessing me. But more than anything, what drives me is just true freedom. There you go. Now answer this. And it may be <laughs> it may be difficult for you. What do you believe is your greatest challenge, internal or external? <laughs> it's always mindset. It's always mindset. The crazy thing about mindset is you can be some guy like me who is a mindset coach who has been in mindset for the last 12 years, who's had a mentor for the last 10 years and you're still, it's a constant struggle. It's a constant learning curve. And I always alluded to working out. You can, you can work out right now for a whole year or two and build up an amazing six pack and an amazing body and stuff. If you don't keep it up, though, at some point, it's going to revert back to yep. the way that it was. Yep. So, yeah, yep. the biggest challenge still to this day is mindset, just believing that I am worthy, that I can achieve bigger and better things. And as I continue to believe those, they keep on appearing into my life. Okay. And then lastly, share that book with us again that, you're, that you and your team is finally are going over. So this right here is called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. The author is T, uh, the letter T, Harv Ecker. You okay. guys, and actually, what I'm going to give you a little, I'll give you guys a little extra bonus here. Hoopla.com. And I only learned this from one of my students because we're learning, as I said, we're going through the Mindset Mondays. We're currently going through the book. So she said, Hoop, H-O-O-P-L-A, or yeah, Hoopla.com. Uh, you can get the audio version or you can get the ebook for free. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, there so you, you go, you guys. Literally get it for free. And if you guys buy it like on Amazon, it's like 10 bucks or something like that. It's, it's, they're cheap. Yeah. So you can always invest in your education. So signing off here, VP, man, I really, really appreciate you coming on the show. Again, I promise you, me and you, we're going to have to hook up. We're here, right here in the Valley. I'm in the Southeast Valley. Where are you? You in? Um, I live in North Central. North Central Phoenix. Okay. So we will definitely have to hook up, man. So parting words, leaving, give us some more of your guest promotions and some call to actions that, that people can really drive home and get connected with you. Well, as I said, first and foremost, I would suggest that you connect with me on Instagram at Cashflow Creator, just because my Facebook is always hitting 5,000. So you may or may not be able to connect with me. I do share everything in my stories. I like to show people that I'm just a regular guy doing extraordinary things, but the important part is just a regular guy. So wherever you're at in your life, you can be like that. Second thing, I would suggest that you connect with us on Unf Your Mindset on Instagram. That's it's, It's actually on F your mindset. And then if you go on Facebook, make sure you join the community. I created a free community called unfuck your mindset community. It's 100% free. It doesn't require anything from you other than to answer two questions or something like that. And what it is, it's a community for like-minded individuals that are going through the process of learning how to unfuck their mindset. It just so happens today is Wednesday. I am going live at 3 p.m. Arizona time. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time. And I do that every single Wednesday. I call that unhump your mindset where I take 20, 30 minutes and talk about a particular goal. This week, I'm going to be talking about procrastination. Anyway, that's 100% 
free. Make sure you go check out the podcast. I will guarantee you, you have never heard anything like that. I call it edutainment because you will be educated, but you will be entertained at the same time. And if you could do me a big favor, leave me a five-star review. I'm like at 90 something five-star reviews. I'm looking to get at a hundred five-star reviews. So if you can do that, that'd be greatly appreciated. And if you haven't gone to yet, go to unfuckyourmindset.com where you can get access to my free 60-minute webinar where I give you my top 10 secrets on how to unfuck your mindset. You heard that correct. It's, it's a free webinar. You just have to register for it. You can, you can see the top 10 secrets that I share with you on how to unfuck your mindset. Guys, I really appreciate you here. I do want to remind you that the inner creates the outer. When it comes to success, it's not about what you achieve. It's about who you have to become to achieve that. That is the true, true prize. Because money, fame, cars, all that, all that, that stuff comes and goes. Yep. But the real, real prize is changing who you are inside. The person that you have to become, the person that you have to build yourself to become a millionaire. To not only make a million dollars, but to be able to keep it and to be able to grow it. That requires a certain level of individual. And if you want to reach that, you're going to have to grow yourself into that. And as I always say to end my podcast, if you, if you are looking to reach your full potential, you must first learn to unfuck your mindset. Because as I said, guys, it all starts Aww. up in here. There you go, guys. You heard it from BP. BP, again, man, thank you so much. I know you have to run. I have to run. I really appreciate it. Okay, right, guys. What to do, man. Always get out there, take this education, and remember to enjoy the journey. All right, the very, very genuine person, very, very inspiring show. Again, go to Unf Your Mindset. Hook up with VP. I'm gonna make sure I reach out to him personally to spend some time with him. Seems like a very genuine guy and brother here in the valley. So, what to do, guys? You got all of the information. Get out there, make some things happen. I really enjoy you. Thank you so much for being a active listener. And also, if you have not given us uh, a five-star review, head on over and give us a five-star review on Apple and iTunes. Okay, guys, thank you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to today's show. I picked up some great actionable items and I'm sure you did as well. If so, let me know. You can always reach me via social media at facebook.com slash Maloney. Twitter at MRCS Maloney, and of course, IG at MRCS Maloney. You can also always reach me via email at mmaloney at equityri.com. Make sure you reach out to our guest as well. You can always find their contact information in the show notes below. If you have not subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Join the family. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review. This is how we tell if we're providing you with what you need for your journey. If there's someone you would like for me to interview, or if there's a subject matter you would like for me to cover, please let me know. Finally, if you're looking for additional information about real estate investing, go to equityrealestateblog.com, also youtube.com slash Marcus Maloney. Until next time, family, always enjoy the journey.